Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. So good to have everyone here with us. Who's happy to be here? Great. I've got my uncle and my auntie. Where are you? Somewhere here. Put up your hands. Can I see you somewhere? The Crane family. Uh, At the back there, my uncle and auntie and the rest of the family. Give them a round of applause. We've also got, not only do we have our Oceans Perth family with us, which is so great, but we've got our spiritual family, brothers and sisters, all the way from Japan with us. Can you give us a round of applause? Can you put up your hands from, if you're from Japan? Hello. Welcome. It was great. This morning, I was so grateful for my year one teacher. I remember one word from 35 years ago in Japanese, and it was hajimameshite. And so, thank you. I was so impressed. So, I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you, teacher. Awesome. Um, well, <laughs> well, for those that don't know me, my name is Shafin, and would you believe it? I'm the pastor of the church, along with my incredible wife, Jess, and it's just our privilege to have you with us here today. And we love having our Oceans Perth family with us, and... My goodness, didn't Ash do an incredible job with worship? Like, so anointed, such a gift. Ash and Jaden have been incredible pastors in Oceans Perth. Jess and I started Oceans Perth about four years ago. We drove across the Nullarbor with the kids in the car, had nothing ready, no team. And by God's grace, we were able to plant a church uh, in Perth four years ago, and Jaden and Ash helped to launch that church from the very beginning, and it is just phenomenal. And then we joined that church with this church to become one church in two locations, Oceans Albany and Oceans Perth, and we left, Jess and I left and came to Albany, but then Jaden and Ash stayed in Perth, and they continue to lead Oceans Perth so well with such an incredible team, many of whom are here today. So can we just honour Pastor Jaden and Pastor Ash for the incredible job that they are doing. And I'm excited about baptisms this Sunday. It is so good. Ethan and Sass, give us a wave. You guys are there from Perth getting baptized today, which is awesome. And you know what? I'm really excited, especially because my son, Winter, is getting baptized today. Front row, hand up. So my son is eight years old and he's been filling out the one forms like I want to encourage you to like every week. Like we've had like three or four one forms coming to the office saying, I want to be baptized. And you know, little do they know that, you know, we are the admin that it comes through. Um, so we're like, oh, okay, I don't know what they're going to say, you know. And so anyway, eventually he's so persistent that we're like, okay, Winter, come on. You want to get baptized this New Year's Eve? And Winter said, Yes. And so he's very excited about it. And so we're, we're stoked about everyone getting baptized, which would be awesome. So come down as a family to celebrate what God is doing. So if you're here, which you are, um, and there's people joining us online as well, which we're so grateful to have you with us in the room as well, then you are here on the first week of a new series that we are starting called Revolution. And so the last day of the year is going to set up you to have your best year yet, I believe. Um, And so we are going to be having five weeks of this series, which is so good. Um, For me, right, when it comes to New Year's resolution, it's been 10 years to the day since I said goodbye to Coca-Cola. And this is the fake stuff. This is the sugar-free, but um, I have the real thing. And so I remember New Year's Eve at Jordan Sharp's and Alyssa Sharp's place, I had my last Coca-Cola. 
and now that has been done. And so New Year's resolutions actually tend to work for me. Dates work well. It's the way that my mind works. Um, and usually at the beginning of the year, we talk about the habits that we can build that focuses on making our life better. For example, I want to do more exercise. Put your hand up if you want to do more exercise. All right. I want to do better at work. Yeah. Good luck with that. I want to do better at helping my parents wash the dishes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll take note. I videoed that. (laughs) I want to do better in relationships. I want to do better because sometimes we conclude if I can do better, then I can be better. However, sadly, 92% of New Year's resolutions don't last. And rather than feeling better, often we can feel a bit worse come about January the 2nd. Um, <laughs> and there's a, a, lot of, a few key reasons as to why people fail New Year's resolutions. But one of the top reasons is because pe- people seemingly make a, a seemingly small but a significant mistake. Now, see if you can follow me, right? People make the mistake on focusing on what they are doing instead of who they are becoming. Okay, it's a very important distinction to make because our identity, how we see ourselves, shapes our actions. So, okay, get this. What you do won't change who you are, but who you are will always determine what you do. And so what we're doing is this year, we're throwing out New Year's resolutions. And instead, we are having a personal revolution. So what is a revolution? I looked it up in the dictionary and it says this. A revolution is a forcible overthrow of a government or social order in favour of a new system. And so what we want to do is overthrow the old system that focuses on what you can do. And instead, we're establishing a new system that focuses on who you are. And to a whole other level, what we want to do, instead of focusing on what we need to do, we'll be focusing on who God says we are. Because when we realize who God says we are, we begin to see ourselves differently. And this, in turn, will automatically affect everything you do. It's good. It's a good way to start your year. See, the Israelites, who Pastor Jaden spoke about before, They forgot who they were. See, God rescued them from slavery in Egypt. He led them through miraculously the Red Sea. He provided them food through the desert. He brought them to the threshold, to the Jordan River, the threshold of entering into the promised land. Everything good that God had for them, right? They were right there about to receive what God had for them. God even called them, you are my special possession, right? But what they did is they sent 12 spies to spy out the land, and they came back with a report. They said, the land is good. But then they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. In Numbers 13.30, it says this. They said, but the land we traveled through, as good as it was, and explored, will devour anyone who goes to live there. Like, negatory, negative. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Okay, get this. This is the key point. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own sight. And they must and we must have seen the same to them. So these people who God saw as special 
possessions, as a precious possession, they saw themselves as grasshopper, as grasshoppers. You know how, how sometimes you see yourself in a certain light and then you assume everyone else sees you in that light? You superimpose, they must think this of me too. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, I'm worthless. And so you act in a worthless way maybe. And it kind of is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because, and, and, and what the Israelites did, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And this is what they did. They turned their backs on everything God had for them. Because get this, your view of you will determine what you do. <laughs> your view of you, how you see yourself, your identity will determine what you do. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. So what do they do? They turn around and they... They hop right back in the desert, away from the giants. What do grasshoppers do? They run away when they see you. And that's what they do. So you get this. If you see yourself as worthless, you begin to act in worthless ways. If you see yourself as trash, you begin to treat yourself like trash. And others may begin to relate you, to you in that way because you superimpose how others might see you in the same way. But this is why it's so important to see ourselves as God sees us. God does not want you to forget who you are. God wants you to see yourself as He sees you. Not how other people told you, not how you think you see yourself in the mirror, but how God sees you because then you're going to act differently and you're not going to act like a grasshopper and run away from everything good that God has for you, but you're going to enter into the promised land, into the good things that God has got for you. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to be learning about how God sees you, who you are in Christ, and as a result, you're going to see yourself differently. It'll affect everything in your life, how you think, how you live, and what you do. And so what we have, you can see all these beautiful people up on the board on the series graphic that we had earlier. We're actually having two people each Sunday over the next three weeks in Albany and in Perth. That's 12 speakers altogether that are going to be sharing one key view, truth from the Bible about how God sees you. I want to encourage you, come every week, tune in online and just get hammered with truth that's going to set you free about who you actually are in Christ and your life is never going to be the same again. And so what I want to do this morning is to help you see that you are righteous. I'm going to explain that in a moment, but I want to begin by praying and just asking that God would speak to us in this series because you can either find out who you are on Google. You can go and ask your friends. You can go and search the world. You can travel to Nepal or to India or do certain trips and I'm going to find myself. Can I, uh, can I just give you a tip? Don't go to something else that was created to ask you who you are. Go to the creator and he knows who you are. And so you can end your search here. Let's not run to the world, but run to the Word of God, and that truth will set you free, and you are going to, you, you, you're going to be changed forever. And so I want to begin by praying, and just, I just want to encourage you to join me as I pray, and say, God, speak to me. And so God, I thank you that you are here with us, God. Lord, I pray that you would just pour out the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would bring your Word alive, God. Let it cut through the layers. Let it cut through the lies. Let it cut through the self-perception that we have, Lord God. And so, God, I, I pray, Lord, that you would work by your Spirit to set us free to be who you've created us to be, that we might inherit every good thing that you have desired to give us, Lord. And so we commit ourselves into your hands, in Jesus' name. And we all said... Amen. 
Well, I'm going to start this message. <laughs> You're like, he's halfway through. Um, I'm going to start this message by talking about Oscar, who has started surfing. Where's Oscar? Put up your hand somewhere over there. Um, I didn't ask you permission, but this is a positive one. So Oscar has started surfing recently, and so he asked for a surfboard for Christmas. So we went out and paid a lot for a surfboard. And so we've taken him out surfing a lot, and there's two keys with learning to surf. And I've been so impressed with Oscar's persistence. There's two things you need. One, you need the skill to stay up, right? It takes a lot of skill to learn and to balance. But I reckon the most important skill when it comes to surfing is actually the skill or the capacity to get back up once you've fallen. Because I tell you what, when you're learning to surf, you do a lot of falling, which means you need to do a lot of getting back up again. And you can get discouraged because you get knocked down, time and time and time again, but it's kind of like you got this one move. All you need to do to learn surfing is to keep getting back up. For me, however, I'm going to tell you my sad surfing story. I attempted to learn to surf, and one day I fell too many times, and I stayed down, and I became a bodyboarder. (laughs) So I kind of have settled to live on this lower plane of life, this lower plane of existence, crawling along my belly like a worm in the water, looking up at the elites that are standing on their boards. I just did not get up for that last time. In fact, what I, what I did is I settled. You never want to settle. <laughs> and this is a bit of an image of what it can be like in our relationship with God. We're like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to do good. I'm going to do good. I'm going to be good for a while. And you get up and you're doing all right for a while, but then you fall. And you're like, oh, man, whether it's giving into temptation or faced with our own sin or weakness or doubts overwhelm us or fallen. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to give it another go. And then you fall. And then you get up. And some of us do it a thousand times. Some of us five times. Some 500 times, 500,000 times. But all of us inevitably can get to that moment where we're like, oh, I'm tired of getting back up. I think the grace and the forgiveness has finally run out. God, I've fallen too many times. I'm done. If we're too ashamed. And what we can can actually do, and, and, and what we can do is agree with the lie of the devil. And this is the lie of the devil, right? He says, you did wrong. You fell. So you are wrong. You did wrong. So who you are is inherently wrong. And All of you probably have thought this to yourselves, oh, I'm the only one. No one else is really like this, like me, but I know my mind and what I've done and what I think. And and so we can do one of two things. We can either sever or settle. Sever tires with surfing altogether. That's it. I've gotten up. I've fallen too many times. I'm not learning to surf anymore. I'm throwing the whole thing out. I'm severing my relationship with God. No longer the grace that's run out. I'm deciding that I agree with the lie of the devil. I did wrong, so I am wrong. I've got no hope. Everyone else is different. I'm the, I'm the odd exception, so that's it. I'm out. We can ever settle our, sever our relationship with God ourselves, or we can settle. See, because of shame, we kind of like withdraw from God a bit. We kind of withdraw from community, and we can kind of bump along in this bodyboard-like state, sort of still surfing, but not the real thing. And, and we're sort of like ticking the religious box, sort of come to church and tick the box and sort of say a little religious prayer to God, every, but we're not fully engaged because we think, I've got to settle and, and, and hold God at a distance. And we live this, really, this powerless existence, if you like. But this is the good news. Because of what Jesus has done for us, it changes the way that God sees us and now the way that we see ourselves. And so what I want to do is go into the key scripture this morning that we're going to break down 
and understand it's going to change our lives. And it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. But I want, to re- I want to read the preceding verses as it leads up to verse 21. So starting from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this is what it says. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Not a self-improved person, a brand new person. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. All of this is a gift. Everyone say gift. All of this is a gift. Kids know what the gift is. From God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. Forget this. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against you. Did you know that God no longer counts your sins against you. That is, that is some good news. Got some <clears throat> vocal, beautiful angels. God was in Christ, reconciling the ones who no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful rec- message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors and God is making his appeal through us. As he is this morning to some of you, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Maybe some of you this morning want to come back to God. Maybe some of you to come to God for the first time. And we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to say a simple prayer, saying, God, all right, I'm coming back. Or maybe I'm coming home for the first time, which would be awesome. But now we get to the key verse that we're going to break down in more detail. Verse 21, it says this. God made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of of God. Okay, I'm going to explain that a little bit more. So get this, get this. Probably one of the key words that I can use to describe this scripture is the word, excuse me, is the word exchange. Can I please have some water? Thanks. Is the word exchange. See, literally what Jesus is doing is he's doing an exchange of, thanks, thank you, an exchange of identity. Where this verse says that Jesus became sin so that we would be made right with God. Jesus, if you like, became wrong so we could be made right. Now, to demonstrate this exchange, I've got my empty gas bottle here. So, very often at home right now, we are not connected to the gas mains. We have these gas bottles at home. And although often we have spare bottles, sometimes I overlook the need to have spare gas bottles. And so when the gas bottle runs out and I'm halfway through cooking my bacon and I really want that bacon to be beautiful and crispy, the gas runs out. And I'm like, oh. And no matter how many times I twist those knobs, no matter how many times I tap things, the gas has run out. There's no hope. There's only one thing that I could possibly do, and that is to do the tedious work of getting my gas bottle, bringing it to a gas servo, and doing an exchange. What I need to do is bring my empty gas bottle to the fuel station to do an exchange. No amount of wishful thinking will fill that bottle, and there's only one answer. And this is a bit of a picture of us without God. We are empty. It's not that we need to self-improve ourselves again, but we're empty. And the Bible says that we've all sinned, and we all fall short. But what Jesus wants us to do is not self-improve ourselves, but exchange ourselves for God's righteousness. So what God wants us to do is bring our empty gas bottles 
and exchange it for a beautiful new gas-filled bottle. There we go. Look at that. I do CrossFit. Um, <laughs> and so you see, the old life has gone and the new life has begun. So you get this. The difference, though, at a fuel station, you need to pay for it. But here, Jesus paid for it. All on the cross. He paid for your new life. The other difference is, I know what's happening this morning. <clears throat> the other difference is this. No longer are we connected just to a bottle. <clears throat> where we need to replace the gas time and time after again. But we're connected to mains. There's only, there's a permanent exchange of identity. Where we bring our empty sinful selves to Jesus and we exchange it, <clears throat> excuse me, for him. And so I want to explain this exchange just a little bit more. I've been doing a lot of talking this week. <clears throat> so I want to explain the exchange. Okay, we'll go to the, the verse again, 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Now this is really interesting. The Greek word to know is the Greek word gnosko. And it literally means to perceive, to understand. It's a recognition of truth by personal experience. This word gnosko actually talks about a man and a woman sleeping together. When they talk about Adam knew Eve, Adam had intimate relations with Eve. This is the knowledge. So, but Jesus knew no sin. He had nothing. He not, had nothing to do with it. But what this says is that Jesus became sin. He who knew no sin... He actually became the very definition of sin for us. His identity was changed to be sinful. So Jesus identified with sin. He became, not only did Jesus take our sin upon himself, Jesus became sin. And this is why on the cross, when Jesus died, just before he passed away, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? It's like the Father didn't go, oh, I'll forsake the sin, but I'll, I'll accept you. No, no, no. God the Father forsook Jesus. Jesus was rejected because he became sin so that we could be accepted. He did this for us. It says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Jesus did that, this so that we could be accepted by God. See, God isn't focused on your sin, but he's focused on you. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So get this. The devil will say to you, you did wrong, therefore you are wrong. But Jesus says, I became wrong so that you could be right. You are no longer defined by the wrong you have done, but what I have done for you. But get this, this exchange isn't only about, go back to the beginning, this exchange isn't only about what, we, what has been taken, how Jesus has taken our sin, but it's also about what God has actually given us. And so not only was our sin taken from God, there's a theological word called imputation. Just say imputation. Thank you. Do you feel smarter? More, you just feel the spiritual levels rising in the room. Everyone say imputation. There we go. So computation, imputation. So, so Jesus, impute, we, we imputed our sin onto Jesus, and Jesus actually imputes or gives us his goodness, his righteousness with God. And so get this. When Jesus was rejected, 
he was rejected so we can be accepted. When Jesus was cursed on the tree, on the cross, we, not only is the curse removed, but we actually are given the full blessing of God. Jesus fell so we could get up. Jesus was emptied so we could be filled. Jesus, in Isaiah, it says, was beaten so that we could be healed. Our souls, our emotions can be healed. It says Jesus was whipped on the cross so that we could be physically healed. So we could be healed. And so there's a full exchange that happens. Another way to describe it is with subscriptions, right? Who has subscriptions to anything in life? There's so many things that we've got subscriptions for. And so, but I'm one of those people who sign up for subscriptions and I automatically look left. It's like the cheaper subscriptions. You know how the full subscriptions give you full access? And it's like, there's the trial version that you sign up for. Then there's the like, the really cheap option that gives you maybe one screen. But then there's the like really expensive version over here that's like hundreds and thousands of dollars and you get 500 screens and all these benefits. And I automatically don't look that side. I look, okay, what's the cheapest subscription? I've actually actually found myself... um, thinking that I had a partial subscription and actually unknowingly I actually signed up for a full subscription to something wrong time and I was actually not fully utilizing what I actually had been given access to and this is like us with our Christianity Jesus has paid for a full subscription to every blessing that God has for us but so often as Christians we think oh I don't deserve it I'm I'm partial I can only access a little bit of of the goodness that God has for me because of what I've done but actually no because of what Jesus has done you have full access to every blessing that God has for you it says in Ephesians 1 verse 3 it says all praise to God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united we are identified with Christ and so I want to encourage you this morning you have full access to God do not don't limit what God has for you you have full access to the power of God you have full access to the love of God full access to the provision of God full access to to the the power of God, to the healing of God, to the blessing of God. It is unlimited access. You can turn that gas on on the mains and it will never run out. You can keep that burning burner going as much as you like. Did you know this? This is scandalous. Did you know that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus? Whoa, he does. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. You've got as much access to God as Jesus does. Full subscription because of what Jesus has done for us and some of us think well maybe I need to meet God halfway that's like too much that's like surely not me because of what I've done and what we can do is go well surely I need to meet God halfway I haven't been performing as a good Christian this week I haven't read my Bible enough I haven't been to church regularly enough I haven't done this or I did this. I did too much didn't do enough you know all those thoughts that go around in your head and although we might not verbally say it we can think oh because I haven't done well I kind of deserve partial subscription this week, not full access to everything God has for me. And so the devil convinces us to stay on the body board, to live a powerless life. But God's like, no. He's like, I paid for it all. You know when you pay something for your kids or something and they just use a little bit of it? No, I paid. Make the most of it. (laughs) Because the only answer is an exchange. That is the only answer. There's nothing in between. People that try to sort of make it halfway, well, those people are addressed in Romans chapter 10, verse 3. It says, they don't understand 
God's way of making people right with himself. Not your way. God's way. The only way. Refusing to accept God's way. That's the only way is full exchange. Refusing to accept God's way. They cling to their own way of getting right by God, right with God by trying to keep the law. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, I know you've forgiven me, but, but, but I've, got to, I've got to do better. I've got to do less of that. I've got to do more of this. Got to, and then I'll feel like I deserve it. Can I encourage you? Do not be led by your feelings. You'll be led by the, down by the garden path. The devil, the enemy, you go, good, great. I've got you by a leash. If your feelings now can lead you wherever I want. The wind's changed. I feel like God doesn't love me. It's like, oh, it's sunny. God loves me again. It's like, no, don't be led by your feelings. Be led by truth. The truth is you have full access to every spiritual blessing. Whether you've known God, you belong to God for one day, for one moment at the end of the service, you have equal full subscription as the most seasoned Christian for 100 years. Full access because of what Jesus has done for you. And at the end of it, what we do is we go, oh, wow, thank you, God. That's, and, and that's all a parent wants. And, and, and God doesn't want you to do all this stuff. See, I'm going to get really um, awkward for a moment. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm, all I'm going to do is just read out and explain what the Bible said. Okay, this is going to be a little bit like, oh, wow. So I'm just giving you a heads up. PG, PG. When we go to God, hey, God, look at me. I've done pretty well last this week. I've done, look, 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 I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm doing well this week, but I did do this. I'm like, wow, look at me. I was like, oh, okay. Kind of like, this is how he describes it. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, he says, When we display our righteous deeds, they're nothing but filthy rags. It's like, look what I did. Can I just go one level of deeper awkwardness? Do you know what kind of rags that's actually talking about? Monthly cycles. It's actually like, uh, it's and settle with that awkward, yucky feeling. It's like, oh, right. Yeah, that's a little bit awkward to say out loud. It's like us literally holding up a used monthly device and going, hey, God, look what I've done. Are you pleased with me? Look what I did. God's like, huh, good, good, good go. Okay. It's like, I'm not interested in what you've done. I mean, he loves us, but he's like, look what I've done for you. I paid it all. Receive every good thing that I have done for you. I made you right in your sight. By dying on the cross for you. And so get this, just to introduce two other theological terms. So what, what happens is we go on this lifelong process called sanctification. So first there's something called salvation. Salvation is that moment where you exchange your life for Jesus. Bang, bang. And you go, God, I'm empty. I, exchange, I put my trust in what you, you gave your life for me. Jesus gave his life for you. Jesus gave his life for you. He loves you so much. He's like, I'm not, this isn't just a nice little Sunday school, beautiful picture. He loves you so much and so wants you to know God and so wants you to be with him forever and so wants you to access every good thing he has for you. He held nothing back, but he gave everything for you on the cross. And all he wants us to do is to bring our empty gas bottles to him and exchange it for every blessing that he has for you. And so salvation is that moment where you know God and where you know who you are. 
I'm a, I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. That is who I am. That is who I am. You can tell me who you think I am. You can tell me I'm a failure. You can tell me I'm a worker. You can tell me I'm a plumber. You can tell me I'm a failed this. You can tell me I'm a runner. You can tell me I'm a negative. But I know who I am and nothing on earth, no matter what I do or no matter what you do to me, I know who I am. <clears throat> and, I, and who I am this morning is I am righteous. I am made right because of what Jesus did for me. So that salvation happens in a moment. But then we get into sanctification. Why don't everyone say sanctification? And, and sanctification is now a lifelong process of growing into who you are. And so it's like when you buy shoes for your kids, maybe your size too big, so they last longer, <laughs> supposedly. And then, and then they grow into them. It's like, We've been given Jesus-sized shoes that for the rest of our life, we're, we're growing into. We're growing into who we are. We're becoming more and more like Jesus as the power of the Holy Spirit works in our lives and there's fruit in our lives that begins to take place. Some of us look more fruity than the other people and sometimes we're like looking at the fruit of our life going, oh, I've got a little green one that's barely even budding and they've got a full tree. But it's, it's okay. You are an apple tree. It's okay. You are. You're going to be bearing fruit. You know, some of us start at negative 10, right? And, and if you think about a scale of fruitfulness, there's negative 10, then there's zero, and then there's positive 10, right? You might, you might have started at like negative five, right? And, and you've come to know God and there's some fruit in your life and you're loving a bit more and you're not as selfish, you're becoming more like Jesus. And you've come all the way from negative five to like plus two. That's a difference of seven, right? But then you might have someone that's like at three, and you're like, oh man, I wish you could be like them. But they've come all the way from negative one. They've only had a transformation of four. But you feel like you're further back. So what am I saying? I'm just saying, don't compare yourself to other people. I don't know what season of life you're going through, whether it's winter, where the fruits are a bit drier, or whether it's spring and it's starting to blossom. But, the, but sanctification is this lifelong process of growing into who you already are. What you do doesn't define who you are, but what you who you are defines what you do and so there's this invitation from God to this great exchange and so what I want to do is just to lead us in a moment we're going to sing in just a few moments but what I'd love to do is just to invite you this morning to make this exchange to take your life and to say Jesus I've tried living life myself I've tried to perform but I've come up empty I've come up short because the Bible does ultimately say that there is something inherently wrong with us, and that's called sin. That's called no matter how we try, we fail to love perfectly, which is God's standard. Perfect love for Him and perfect love for other people. And if we're real with ourselves, we know that we haven't. And so what Jesus invites us to do is to say, Jesus, I acknowledge that I need to exchange, and I thank you for what you've done for me on that cross, and I exchange my life. I receive this gift, this exchange that you've given me, and I want to receive every good thing that you've given me. And so in just a moment, what I want to do is to invite you to join me in a prayer. Maybe for you this morning, you've actually drifted from God for so many years. You're like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm connected to, gas, mains, bottles, whatever. There's like, just, I just want that. I just want to know, I want, I want to walk out of this room knowing oh, I'm right with God. Not because of what you do, but because I've received Jesus. I've received this 
gift that I can't earn, I can never earn. It's a gift given to me. Or maybe for the first time, you're like, I've never seen it put this way. I I get it. God's good. Is He really good? He is good. He's for you. He loves you. It's not accident that you're here, whether you've been dragged along, whether you've been asked to come along, you found us on social media, you're watching us online. There's no accident that you're here this morning. And God's heart is that you would know Him so He can begin this great journey and adventure that begins now, that continues on to eternity. And so what I'd love us to do is just to all stand up this morning. Can we dim the lights just for a a moment? And what I'd love to do is just to lead us through a simple prayer. A simple prayer that we're all going to pray out loud together. And this simple prayer puts words to what's going on in your heart. See, God sees your heart right now. And I want to encourage you to make the most of this moment. And this prayer essentially is going to be, God... I give you my life, my brokenness, my emptiness, my sin. My every, I give it to you. I give it all to you. The good parts, the mess. And this morning, I choose by faith to receive what you have done for me. Another way to say it, biblical terms is to be born again. You're here physically, but spiritually, you're switched on. You're turned on to God. And Jesus wants you to be born again this morning, to become a Christian. A Christian is just another way of saying, I identify with Christ, with Jesus. I'm a Christ, I am. I've got Christ in the side of me. And so I'd love to lead you in a prayer. But in a moment, what I'm going to do, in a moment, I'm going to ask us to close our eyes. If that's you this morning and you're like, yeah, include me in that prayer, what I'm going to do is ask you to put up your hand nice and high so I can see it. Whether you're recommitting your life to Jesus, you're coming back, or you're saying, I want to connect to God for the first time this morning. So if we could just all close our eyes, I'd love you in a moment to lift your hand as an outward sign of your yes to God but also like you're receiving from God. Let it be like an outward sign of what's going on in your heart. So why don't you right now, don't worry about the people behind you, in front of you, to the left or to the right, but right now, know that God loves you. And His great invitation is, would you come home to me? So right now, if that is you, why don't you put it in your hand, nice and high, so I can see it. Yes, include me, include me in this prayer. Thank you so much to my front. Thank you so much. Thank you to my right. Just keep your hand up till I acknowledge it. Thank you so much for your hand. You can put your hand down. That is awesome. God loves you so much. It's just the beginning. Thank you so much. And to my right as well, thank you for your yes to God. Thank you so much. Hands going up across this place. If that is you, can you put up your hand? Nice and high so I can see you. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're watching or listening online. Why don't you put up your hand? I can't see you, but God can. He knows what's going on in your heart. Thank you, God. Hands going up. That is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. That is so good. He's the best. It is the best thing you could ever do is to say yes to God. Before we pray together, why don't we just give these people a round of applause? Awesome. So we're going to pray this prayer together. If you put up your hand, or maybe you weren't quite ready to put up your hand. You know what? God sees your heart. And so why don't you join me before God in praying this prayer together? Let's all pray out loud. Dear God, I thank you that you love me so much that you sent Jesus to die for me. Today I give you my life and I receive the gift of eternal life. I thank you that you forgive me and that you fill me with your love. And I commit to following you from this moment for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name.
So Lord, I just pray right now for those that have prayed this prayer for the first time, Lord God. Those that have come back to you right now, that you fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. And I just declare and prophesy over them on New Year's Eve that the old has gone and that the new has come. And Lord, we release the power of your Spirit, God, that you lead them every day for the rest of your life into the promised land, into every good thing that you have for them, God. And we thank you for what you've done today in their lives, in our lives, God. And we worship you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise in this place, God. Come on, let's worship God. Let's thank you for what he's done for us. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us, God. We love you. We worship you, God. Hey, I wasn't going to do this, and we'll do the lolly pops at the end. Um, by the way, if you're interested in baptism, I'd love to have a chat with you about 15 minutes after the service at the front here if you want to join us. What, what I want to do, I didn't plan to do this because I'm thinking this is New Year's Eve. We want to get out at quarter past 10, and, and you're welcome to. But what, what I want to do in just a moment is... Jesus paid a full subscription for you. Mm, gee. Jesus paid it all. And, and I just think this is an awesome moment at the end of the year for us to do a bit of exchanging. We're talking about exchanging our wrongness for God's rightness. Some of you are sick in your body. Just like Ryan at the wedding last night. He got all teary and... And like, hey, why don't you come and get your sickness and just exchange it? Because Jesus has actually paid for healing in your body. And why don't some of you bring heaviness, brokenness in your life where you've been let down or betrayed? Or, and why don't you come and, and bring that brokenness? And Jesus actually took on your brokenness. He's paid it. And you can receive healing and wholeness. And some of you are addicted or maybe some of you are in chains of of what you can maybe describe as I just can't get out of this on my own whether it's demons or thoughts in your mind and just go you know what great news this is the good news is actually Jesus has paid for it and you can come by faith and just come and just receive it it's not about what you need to do it's just about being humble enough to go I'm out of gas maybe some of you are literally out of gas we have actually a few full bottles you could take maybe, but, but maybe at an emotional, you just, I'm out of gas. Do you know what God promised us? He said, if you're empty, come to me. If you're empty, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, come to me. I'll give you water that will never run out. I'll give, I've got the Holy Spirit, mains, connected to mass, to, to, to the mains, gas. He wants to fill you afresh this morning. And so what we're going to do is actually we're going to invite the prayer team. I'd like to invite the prayer team just to come out now. Maybe you're not rostered on this morning, but maybe some elders can come out. Some of our key lead team can just come out the front. And what we'd love to do is just invite, like, can you just be bold? Can you not worry about people around you? I mean, if you need to go and everything, but, but hey, come at the front. Even right now, start to come at the front as we sing this song because Jesus has paid it. If you need healing, if you need a fresh touch from God, come forward from God because Jesus wants to bless you today because He just loves you. Because it's Christmas. He loves you. He's got a gift for you. I just want to encourage you. Why don't you come forward out of your seats just for the next few minutes. Come out and begin to worship God. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.